As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Hello, thanks for downloading this episode of On Farm. Welcome to a packed episode of On Farm. Oi, hello there, it's uh, Farmer Jim here. <gasps> Just want to say thanks for tuning in and listening to the podcast. I've wanted to be on this podcast for ages, <laughs> so I'm really excited that you're now finally here. I can now see a mini conveyor belt going and a really large tractor just heading right for us at the moment. Don't worry, we've got the high vis on. You can see that we've planted um, hedges along there and then as we look down towards the River Yugi in the distance there, you can see little bits of uh, woodland and full of native trees and things. We're all about positivity but realism at the same time. I want us to still be here in 10, 15, 20 years' time when podcasting is totally mainstream. Then when it comes in to get herself out of the sky, she will dangle her legs, wiggle her bum and get herself back into this arena with a beautifully well-timed flight and a fantastic finish. <laughs> oh, the girl! There was this old farmer who came up and he stood at the front of the tent because it's, you know, it's labelled the National Rural Mental Health Forum. He came over and said that he tried to take his life and he said he walked up the hill with his gun and the dog put his head on his knee and that's what stopped him. My name's Rory Robb, I'm an associate of the Whistle Company of Farriers and I've spent 40 years learning how to shoe horses. <laughs> the truth of the matter is that you never stop learning. Thanks to the contributions from the Royal Highland Society and everybody else who's taken part in our podcasts up to now, they have enabled us to gain what's actually quite a powerful position because we're in the weekly routine for hundreds of farmers. They listen to our podcast. They've got it on auto-download and it's there every Monday morning for them to listen to. I was not a podcast listener before this all started. It's actually opened up another avenue for people to understand what we do. We've got a direct line straight to these people. So on the Saturday morning, we had to go out into a ring and stand with this sheep and then uh, Her Majesty herself came along which is a big honour, a big honour to shake hands and meet her like. And was she as honoured to meet you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anybody who's listening who has a business or a brand that they think would benefit from sponsoring On Farm or working in association with us like RAS have done, please get in touch. You know, we've, we've got the ability now to share your messages. We can reach the audiences. You would benefit from having your brand associated with Own Farm. A podcast gives you 35 minutes of depth of content, and I think that's so valuable. So if there's a, 
a project story that needs to be told or a family story that needs to be told or a product that needs to be described. Podcasts, you can do that in a way that, that other mediums just simply can't. So I think that's what it's about, is about telling proper stories in an easily digestible way that everybody can understand and enjoy. If you are an organisation who wants to reach a rural audience, if you're an organisation, a company or someone with a story to tell, if you want to get in touch about how you might be involved, please do. It brings a bit of glamour to the lambing field like you can. Oi, oi. Floss! Floss! That damn dog. Spot on. <laughs> you come home with me? I am patting Floss, probably the most famous dog in Scotland, Jim's beautiful one-year-old border collie. She's just gorgeous. Oh, I know, she's beautiful. As I say, she's a pet first and foremost. But that is your if, intention to I mean, get her trained up. Yeah, she's very keen. She's mad keen on the sheep, so, yeah. More like my girlfriend's uncle, he trains sheepdogs up in Kenloch Bervie. Oh, and I okay. thought about putting her out, but, but, but it's a bit like sending her to boot camp, you know. Yeah, she might yeah. come back like a, a Vietnam veteran, you know, no fun, you know, just scarred for life. <laughs> but very good at the sheep. If she, if she doesn't make it a sheepdog, um, I'm sure she could play for Scotland. If she be a Scotland dogs football team. It's a great first touch there. <laughs> So where are we off to now then? We'll just go up the hill. The yows have just been getting turnips. I get turnips from Stuart's at Toft Hill. Normally they're into cobs by now. Uh-huh. But it been that bloody way. Oh, that's been uh, awful, yeah. It would just be a waste of time giving them cobs. Unless you could find a really dry bit of ground, so... Do you want me to get the game? No, 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 sure. it's, it's, a, it's a burrach here, oh. don't you? So, so this is all the yows, they've all been scanned but they're not split up yet to their lots. Okay, they're actually coming yeah. in this weekend to get their, their pre-lambing jags. And they're looking far better today, you can see when sheep are wet. Oh, I know. And yeah. especially anything that's a bit thinner, and the, the longer wool, they just look miserable. Yeah, they just start to look um, dejected, don't they? at least up here in this far, there's a lot, a lot of trees surround the farm. Oh, it's think, stunning, so. these are just amazing. So that's... Um, well, yeah, 300, almost 360 yep. degrees. So you're looking south yeah. to Perth, and there's the tea down there. Yeah. That's beautiful flat land down there. A lot of wow. carrots and tatty. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of carrots growing down there. The basically end of the Sidlaws is pretty much for for your scene. Okay, yes. Yeah. And then you're seeing away up. That's basically the start of the Grampian Hills, so you're away up. Mm-hmm. You, you're only like 30 miles from Glen Shee here. Gosh, yeah. To the ski. Yeah. Uh, so, you know. So, Have you done any Monroe bagging in your time? No, I'm actually wanting to start that mm. up because uh, now I'm 41 and because we've been to Bremada the last few years and it's just beautiful. And yeah, I was wanting to... I feel there's a lot of Scotland I'd like to see. So, um, so much, yeah. Um, a, not so much maybe Monroe bagging, but there's some lovely walks. I want to walk... A, you can walk from Bremar to... Abbey Moor, it's called the Larry Grew. And, oh, um, How many miles would that be then? I think it's like 26 miles or so. Oh, right, so yeah. it's, you could do it in a day, but yeah. I, there's some bothies you can stay in. Uh-huh. So you're going to have to get one of these backpacks for the baby, aren't you? Yeah, well, there's a Tizers <laughs> get, in Perth. Oh, uh, yes, there we go, that'll get you sorted. <laughs> God, aye. You need another gig to get all the gear out of there. But, uh, <laughs> 
But yeah, funny you said that. I I am actually would like to do a bit it's more. It's funny because well, I, I'm in the same age as you, and as soon as I hit forty, it, it was like uh, I had to like read more books and do yeah. do more significant Aye. stuff. And Absolutely. yeah, I, I don't think I'm ever going to bag all the Monroes, but no, if I could do thirty or forty in my life, I'd Absolutely. be happy. Absolutely. Oh, so I'm no good at ten maths, a year. It's only one a month. Yeah. But then well, it's quite, it, some of them are quite challenging to do in the winter because you need enough daylight hours to Absolutely. get all the way Absolutely, but then there's some enough. you can do, you can nick three or four in yeah, a day like apparently. A yeah. Once you're up that yeah. height, you know. Yes. Well, you want to get out, it's um, more of a bit windy. Well, yeah, yeah. Tell us a pretty bit about the breeding of these sheep, maybe, if you don't yes. mind. Yes, um, they're all kind of like face sheep. We used to traditionally buy um, uh, cheviot uh, yows from Laird. Mm-hmm. Some, some of them still do. They would be crossed with texels and then... Oh, we started a few years ago putting a blue face leaster up to them to get a cheviot mule, just to get a more prolific mule, and then putting them back to the Texels. I used to run some Suffolk tubs as well, because, oh, Dad, I like the Suffolk, and uh-huh. it's a good, you get a good weighty lamb, but then traditionally I don't really keep Suffolk sheep for breeding. You know, it's usually more white face sheep, so yeah. I kind of binned that. I only got one Suffolk. It's mainly all Texels now, and then we get the... We Pick the keep the best your lambs back for for breeding. And do you like do you like the sheep over the cattle or you can? Um, like a bit of both. Mm. I, I like the sheep. The fact that um, if I didn't have cattle, you could you could just about sell your tractor and things and just have a a, a quad mm. bike and a, mm. a. I like the sheep that you could basically get away with just having a dog and a stick yeah, uh, yeah. to an extent. But um, they're a bloody nightmare too. I mean, they just the. Especially this, there's a lot of stress on them this time of year. And mm. There's odd casualty. Or well, there's always the odd one. Dying, with, there's always yeah. odd one with a bad foot. And yeah. I've got a foot bath now. That's made a big difference. But another reason I like to sheep this now because the trade's flying. <laughs> I've, stopped, <laughs> I've luckily I've kept back some lambs. So <laughs> I've got finishing lambs in the shed there behind Mum's house where you park the car. I know it's, it made me laugh because we recorded an episode at the NFU Scotland AGM oh, a couple yeah. of weeks ago and. Um, it's that old kind of adage like you know farmers are never happy so yeah. we spoke to this farmer why are you so grumpy because i'm grumpy because the sheep price is so high just now i was like yeah. well, why are you grumpy it's because i already sold mine yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. well there always seems to be no matter how good you think you've got your lambs there's always somebody comes in and gets a higher price <laughs> yeah. what is he doing oh, but, um, away, yeah. but i but i enjoy i would i would actually love to be more ar- arable as I say I got my neighbour in to cut my bar last year but I'm going to I'm going to buy a combine because um, last year uh, just with the, the the wet weather he was struggling to get his own cut mm, and yeah. then the time he got to mine some of it was buggered and, yeah you don't always ha- want to have to rely and, on and any accountant yeah. would say oh no you can't justify having your own combine but I'm only needing a, a, an old 10 footer or something mm. that can work for 3 or 4 days yeah and yeah and folk will laugh at this, I think I'm daft, but I, I really uh, I enjoy it. I enjoy mm. a physically driving a combine. Or I love, I'm no more happier when I'm sitting on a on a plough on the tractor. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would love, as much as I love here in the stock, oops, sorry, I would love to be, have 500 acres of that land down That's there. A you know. Calming oh, ringtone. That's <laughs> so annoying. Phone, I'll leave a voicemail if it's that desperate. And um, I suppose also it's 
that is a good opportunity for your mind to to churn over when you're driving a plow for yes. several hours and aye. and yeah, do, do the diversification job yes, at the aye, same time and get some aye. of that material. Yeah, yeah totally. You'll see me stop now and again. Stop making a joke. You know? Yeah, <laughs> is that harder then when you when you're feeding cattle and stuff because you're kind of busier so your brain's kind of on the job rather than necessarily thinking about jokes feeding the cattle you can kind of do with your you can shut all your brain off a wee bit Mm, you know mm. so that's what i tend to wonder yeah um like when i'm plowing i'm enjoying it that much because i get spotify on i get all my tunes and pretend i'm a teenager again i I just tend to just switch off from everything so yeah in fact we need music we'll we'll get a radio in the lemon shade and after my dad died it I got a radio for the shed just to have some, uh, like Ken Bruce or somebody on, you know, yeah, just to have a, yeah, just have that a, a bit of noise, you know, because yeah. it can be quite quiet at times. Yeah, and um, you're also, I think, really supportive of RSABI as a farm charity as yeah, well. Yes, I. Um, because farming, you know, I guess, you know, you're out and about meeting a lot of people because of your other job, but farming is a pretty lonely your occupation if if it's your only occupation yeah do you think you would suffer from that if you weren't out and about doing other things i don't know no i wouldn't be no actually to be honest i quite like my own company Mm. don't Mm. tell more like that but i i I, I do i'm quite happy on my own at times see it suits some farmers quite well but folk are just different and Mm. folk folk like going to the market i mean you'll see folk go to the market once a week even if they're not buying or selling they'll need to get out I think that's why farm sales are so popular because there's there are not so many of them now folk don't go just to buy the machinery but just to catch up with people and local shows are important but um, yeah it's a, it's a difficult one that kind of whole I know there's been a lot of emphasis in the last five or six years on mental health and farming mm. and Young farmers did the thing like you are you okay and all oh, that yes, kind of stuff. Yes. No, are, are we still it, the highest industry for suicides yeah, and things? I think so. And I think yeah, there's there's too much of a perceived stigma, isn't there, about seeking help and yeah. it's trying to break down that barrier and say, you know, if you if you're physically unwell, you'd go to the doctor and, ah, and yes, see about it. But and uh, trying to encourage people if you know if they're feeling as though they've got mental health issues yeah. to, to go and to speak to somebody, even if it's just first of all, just like you were saying earlier, right. you know, get the support of your next door neighbour and then yeah. and but then I, seek help. I think there's a difference between being lonely and having company but not being able to talk about mm. it. I think that that's mm. the difference because, I mean, I don't know the, the figures and I know it's a bit morbid, but I think there are folk that take their lives but they haven't been physically lonely they're working with people that they, yeah. they maybe have family, you know, but they're bottling up. Maybe it is financial mm-hmm. pressures or just they're unwell. And that's yeah. the, the ones you have to watch. Maybe it's the ones you don't notice. I mean, I don't think I, I make a conscious effort. It's different now because I've got more I love me. And I've always been fortunate. I had mum mm. on the farm. But I think if I wasn't doing my comedy, uh, well, I, I try and go and see St. Johnson now and again. It's good mm-hmm. for comedy material. And I, I make an effort. I'm lucky. I've lot of my my best college pals were from here, so oh, I make an effort yeah. to meet up in the pub and watch a Scotland game or something now and again, or go around for tea or whatever. And I'm on the Perth show committee. It's even just something yeah. like that. It's yeah. Like Saturday night, they have got our it's our director's dinner. So um, I think I would value a lot of these things more. 
but yeah absolutely to, to socialize and see people yeah. and share experiences yeah the thing about the comedy it's um it's something completely different because farmers are well they're, they're only happy i suppose when they're they're meeting other farmers mm. and talking about farming but <laughs> it, the likes of the comedy is something completely different and i absolutely loved going down to like perform at Glasgow Stand on a Saturday night because it'd be packed and there was an atmosphere it was just something completely different mm. you know mm. and how yeah. do you think the urban uh, audience take to some of the farming comedy Good, fine I think because obviously you want to go for the, the mass market although without the rural things are very much my roots mm-hmm. and the kind of core and that's why I'm uh, maybe I'm a bit different than than your skinny jean comedian <laughs> but at the same time you're wanting to try and track I, I would love to be able to entertain loads of folk I mean yeah yeah so it's just trying to find a balance that a uh, majority of folk it, it's trying to retain that uh, thing about being authentic and, and and using coming growing up in the rural Scotland as your kind of base but at the same time you don't want to be as narrow minded for your only folk and yeah. Persia are going to get it yeah, you, you exactly. know you want to expand so I would like to think I could entertain any audience but Glasgow that's... actually has a huge kind of highlands and islands and, and it, because traditionally folk would leave the highlands and islands and go to Glasgow, Glasgow. but yeah. nowadays yeah. you know the student thing and all the rest of it because it's so big so the central belt's so big so even if you're you're only appealing to maybe 10% of that uh, that crowd they're going to come and see you. That's still a hell of a fool. Yeah, oh God, isn't it? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So what do you think? Obviously, you, life will change a wee bit in July when you become a dad. Yeah, yeah. But um, even kind of taking that into account, what do you think your kind of comedy, long-term comedy ambitions are? Eh, well, we're, we're doing, we're hopefully going to get a pilot episode of The Farm. That's the thing oh, on I iPlayer. I heard a rumour about that. Yes, yes. So, we're just waiting on the BBC giving us the go-ahead. Chris Forbes, who I write it with, they, we've kind of got a, a kind of rough pilot script there, ready to go if, if we get the, the uh-huh. go-ahead. But the important thing is to keep my, my farm diaries going out every couple of months. Because yeah, uh, yeah. that keeps you out there. And, and I owe, I should say that, if it hadn't been for that, there's no way I could have done a big tour like last year. Mm-hmm. That That's really helped me massively get my stuff out there so yeah. um, so keep doing that write I just trying to write a new hour or hour and a half for for taking on tour next year I do a big tour of Scotland next year I think and just keep you know like I'm un- very fortunate I'm breaking the news mm. uh, ugh, there's two or three other things coming through so this whole thing might just be a bit of a fad the now or a fashion so you know five years down the line a uh, Everyone might want a change, or I might be wanting a change. You know, so I, I don't suppose, know. Suppose, who knows? Yeah, it, it's you know, it, let's yeah. just have a a kick at the ball yeah, the now and see yeah. where we can take it. And if not, I'm not, I'm not worried because I don't think I want to be in my mid fifties trying to break through. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm only forty one just now. I know it'll be different once Bobby comes along, but uh, it's no different than trying to look after. Subtler cows and, and no, four hundred exactly, sheep. So, exactly. you know, every day, yeah. and um, as long as I can uh, just try to write new material and, and have an appetite and a desire to do it, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll keep doing it. But 
the farm will always be behind me. Yeah, exactly. You know. And I guess with the comedy, if there ever gets a point where you think, oh, do you know what? I'm not really enjoying this anymore. Then yeah. you can just pull the plug. You know, it's it's all in your control, isn't it? Yes, yeah. aye, totally. Yeah. I mean, folk asked me if I have not went down south or that yet. I mean, the furthest south I went is Newcastle. It's just maybe the time thing and I would need to get better organised and it would need to be worthwhile us doing that but the ultimate step would be to get noticed of someone for like going on live at Apollo or something like that you know but mm. that's a different type I don't know if I'm, I'm I don't think I'm broad enough for that I, I don't know but just now I'm, v- I'm very happy with where we're going and, yeah. and the tour last year was just phenomenal so we'll just see what the crack yeah, is, no like. boundaries and no limitations, but also maybe no expectations. Aye. You just kind of go with the flow. Yeah, I mean, do I what think you enjoy. if I was just to focus solely on my comedy, I think I'd get quite down. Well, not down, but I think it would scunner me. Mm. It would mm. totally scunner me if that's all I had to do was just yeah. gig and gig and yeah, gig. It's all right so if you're selling pressure. it to thousands, yeah. but I'm quite happy farming, and I know that. And this might sound a bit big-headed, but I'm relatively confident to know that as long as I've got a good show for next year, that I would be able to maybe, you know, do Aberdeen and Inverness oh, and Perth yeah, and yeah. Edinburgh and places like that. And yeah. It's interesting. I, I'm Scottish, but I don't sound it because I grew up in England. But I've noticed, and tell me to shut up if you don't want to answer this, quite a few times today you've said, oh, I don't want to sound big-headed, but... You're very humble and modest, and I think I think it's a Scottish trait to to be humble, even yeah. like even if you you were selling out gigs at you know live at the Apollo or whatever, you'd be like, well, yeah, well, yeah but yeah, I don't wanna, you know, big headed. <laughs> People should be proud yeah, of no, their achievements. Yeah, don't don't be modest. I know, you know they are, they are, and I just find it. Yeah, everybody, particularly in yeah. rural Scotland, is yeah. so modest about what they've done. If you'd said what you'd said without the preface of, I don't want to sound big-headed, but... I think you just don't want folks saying, oh, God. No. <laughs> who does he do, think he is? They don't, and they probably wouldn't, but everyone always worries about that. I heard this... Uh, I mean, I listened to Radio Scotland once, and I think it had been a, a guy that... I don't know what he'd been good at. I think he was the World uh, Highland Games champion or something. Say he was like the World Caber-Tossing guy mm-hmm. or something. But he, his daily job was he worked on a builder's site. Okay. And he, he came away with like a gold medal or something, world champion. But he says that was the best thing for bringing them down to earth back in a Monday morning, just, yeah. you know, mixing yeah. cement. Exactly. In your case, the animals the animals don't did, know. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know or care how famous you get, do they? Um, know. You know, even Floss doesn't, isn't no. even aware. and They're just still expecting fed and looked after, regardless. Aye. Aye, absolutely. Regardless of whether you've been on TV that the, the night before or not yeah it's oh, interesting Mora gets annoyed because well, I've been going out for three years now and it's only the last couple of years where I've, things have taken off for me mm. so folk <laughs> folk ask somebody asked Mora did you know Jim before he <laughs> not made it but before he became successful uh-huh. Mora's like no I I knew him when he was shit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am not I'm not in love with him for his fame and money. <laughs> she was really annoyed about that. stuck it out and I'm still And here. she has, yeah. she is actually, because you've all to start somewhere and more like, bless her, she'd come down and pick her off of the train for the rest on a Friday night, take her to some bloody gig somewhere. Oh, right, I was yeah. maybe getting 50 quid for <laughs> some 
men's club somewhere or that, and she stuck with me. Like, yeah, so you knew she was a key person. She was like dedicated yeah, to the cause. Yeah, you know, so it was nice to finally repair a bit. You know, <laughs> yeah, buy her a patio, a <laughs> French door. <laughs> I don't remember what year it was, but I remember a friend and I came into Edinburgh and watched you during the Fringe right. at the stand, and and I Morag thought, was featuring thought... in your set, and we, oh, came, right. we came away, right. and I said to my friend, I was like, is it Morag's real? Yeah, well, especially <laughs> with that name, yeah, like Morag from Inverness. And she was like, yeah, I definitely think she's real, and I was like, oh, I don't know, I was like, I think maybe it's, because exactly that, I was like, yeah. you couldn't, you couldn't pick... Yeah, the name and her where think, she's from better if you try. <laughs> not real, but uh, no, she's definitely real. What do all your family members think about it? Uh, oh yeah, great. Because like Carly and Claire, are quite go ahead people, and mm. they've got their own businesses. So I was kind of lagging behind a bit. So um... yeah, they've both got they've both got their different diversifications, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and now yours is even more unique yeah. than that. Yeah. So um, uh, delighted. I really delighted for us. Yeah. And I'm very proud of them. Actually, they've done done well in oh, both respective yeah. things so yeah. we're great and we're quite a close family actually I'll, I'll speak to them once a week or that or have a blather mm. you know so yeah. even though Claire lives up at Fraserburgh you know we'll keep in touch and know that they're they're great and not at one point even when I was starting off in the early days or, or especially mum you know maybe if there was I don't know enough going on here not one point did she say did I ever say actually what you doing, you know, or is it a bit yeah, daft? Yeah, they supported right from the yeah, beginning. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe if I was constantly dying on my arse. Uh, and, <laughs> somebody, somebody, you know, somebody somewhere would have told you if that was Yeah, well, the yeah. audience yeah. just wouldn't have yeah, laughed. Exactly. You wouldn't have got booked again. But yeah. I've just been very fortunate. It reminds me a wee bit of Miranda, you know, obviously Miranda. Oh, yeah. Because um, she's got her, like, her on-screen mum. Yeah. And then quite often she's on TV with her real mum. And I yeah. was thinking when I was seeing, you know, watching you, I thought, oh, I wonder how I wonder how Jim's mum thinks about feels about the on-screen mum, whose oh, name I can't remember. But Anna, she's the Anna granny Louise from Ross. she's the granny from Katie Moore. Yes, yeah, that's she? everyone yeah. remembers her. Um, she's yeah. lovely. Is, is she good? She's yeah. lovely. Has your mum met her? Oh yeah. Yeah. Because they filmed the farm up here. I thought. I thought. Oh, had, yeah. So yeah. it's great. I don't. I don't. I don't have to go anywhere. So she's yes. just from Dundee. Oh, is she? Oh, uh, so Dundee. she she totally gets that was important. Mm-hmm. We didn't want a, a Glasgow a person trying to put on an accent. We wanted uh-huh. somebody that knew about how they talk up here and, yeah. and so being from Dundee, she knows mm-hmm. about going to the berries and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. she's she just just great. And she just looks. She just looks the part. Oh, she does. You know these yeah. old farmers' yeah. mothers that are yeah. as hard as nails. You know, it's yeah. like I don't know if you remember the before farming life about ten years ago. There was a thing called the far. I think it was just called the farm actually, and it was a documentary. It was like farming life. Yes, and I was a, a bit involved with that because I was working for the NFU at the time, aye, and aye. we worked with them to find the farmers. Yeah, so aye. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And, I think there's one old wife, uh, one old mother. I think she's driving the JCB for the guys up clearing gutters and then then she's in making the porridge and and just these kind of old hardy, yeah, you know. And they were all probably brought up milking cows, you know, with no heat. Houses with no central heating. Oh gosh, yeah, hard. They would have had a hard life. Yeah. I mean, we don't know how lucky we've got it. I know we moan about farming, but like my granddad's generation, we. Come out in the morning like this and, and cut neeps, mm-hmm. you know, cut neeps for cattle and things like that, and physically bending down in cold weather and chucking them into, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. 
And no quad bike to go around and check stock. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I know there was always plenty, and you know, labour was cheap mm. and all the rest of it, but God, it was a pretty tough shift, I think, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even things like stooking corn, you know, go out in the blazing sunshine and uh, be all right if you were on the on the, the reaper, you know, behind the horse. Yeah, That's the yeah. fun job. <laughs> yeah. But then you've got the folk having to stook the sheaves yeah. and the, the, oh, the, the stalks. Yeah, you scratch you. Torn to shreds. And then yeah. what happens if it pisses with rain? Or, or uh-huh. the, the, the technology is funny because yeah. I always, um, when they first brought out the first combine harvesters, they must have thought it was amazing. You know, this machine mm. that can cut and thresh. Some of the com- early common harvesters, they didn't have a, a grain tank on it to fill in a bogey. It was a bagger unit. They would fill these like 200 weight sacks of oh, wheat okay. on the yeah. combine yeah. and then just drop it off at this, in the field. Uh-huh. So then another Somebody's guy had to come along it. and lift it off the ground. And all before the rain came. Yes. Oh. You know, like, what? <laughs> you know, it's just like, we're, 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 you know, we're bloody lucky, you know. Oh, yeah. In far, so many ways. Yeah. And do you even just like, even just take Twitter as an example. You know, people are sharing, farmers are sharing so much yeah. knowledge and information and stats and, yeah. and support, even just uh, through that one example yeah. of, of a, so, you know, a social media platform. So if you add all them together, people uh, are so lucky in terms of what they can learn and absolutely. share with each other just through technology. Yeah. And that's, you know, even before you've got, you know, the GPS and the tractor and uh, this, that and the other and all your... Yeah, you know, no, definitely. Nitrogen. It's funny what you're saying about Twitter. Yeah, because I follow a lot of farmers on Twitter, and some of them are brilliant and um, good at finding their corner and, and sharing the technical information too. But mm. you can get sucked into it too. And I, I try not. I, I try and put a funny tweet out now and again. But if you're to sit and scroll, I, I can see why folk get bogged down and yeah. so embroiled in it. Yeah, yeah. It's that kind of like sticks and stones thing. Yeah, yeah. And you don't take it. You know, folk get, and you see these threads, the debate threads. Mm. Like, I just stay away from all yeah, that. And, yeah. you know. And it's the same with the Instagram get, generation, yeah. isn't it? Like, you know, people are portraying these perfect lives that, yeah. that have, you know, cause it, because it's taken them a week to set up one photo to make everything look like it's like, <laughs> ideal. But today, it genuinely is sunny, sunny. and blue skies. No, it's the first day. I think Sunday was a good day. It's the first day the sheep have just been sitting, lying content. Happy. Yeah. And that must be a good feeling it, for you. Yeah. yeah. So they're looking quite well, actually. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Before this kind of wet, it's only since January it's been really mm. wet. The back end wasn't too bad. They were looking. There was plenty of grass. They're looking well. But yeah. now that I ah, we'll get them started on the feeding now, and the, they'll get yeah. their jags. And the, it's the next six weeks is crucial for them, really. So yeah, it's kind of that's uh, the on, onwards and the upwards most. now. And when the weather's yeah. like this, you start to feel optimism, yeah. don't you? But that's what mm. I said earlier about March. Mm. It, you can get a couple of days like this and, you, you know, folk get ploughing and all of a sudden the ground dries out yeah. and it can turn and you can maybe get some fur on the grass and things. It's mm. it, I love this time of year from now and I love it. Well, like a couple of men here. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be enjoying this episode because Jim's a really fascinating and interesting guy, but 
please also go back and have a listen to some of our previous episodes. We've got an interview with Doddy Weir. Jim Smith actually um, is a passionate supporter of RET, the Royal Highland Education Trust, and they were the subject of our very first podcast. So, so you go right back to episode one, you can learn about how they're educating children throughout Scotland about food farming and the countryside. And we've also got episodes uh, with SAOS and the National Farmers Union Scotland and uh, a host of others. So go back and listen to our previous episodes. Well, I really appreciate your time, Jim. Oh, no worries, sorry. Um, thank you. you. I think people are going to hear the real Come story behind. Hi. You are just so lovely, aren't you? You are just so lovely. Yes, you are. Well, Foss has already been... I mean, she's only, what... We've only had a, a year, actually. And she's been in uh, two episodes of the, the Farm and I Player. <laughs> and she had a cameo role in the Borgowry pantomime. <laughs> Famous dog in Scotland. Yeah, she knows it. You know. yeah. She might be get, getting a big. If you're not, she might be getting a big head. Oh, she's just a darling. Everybody dog. knows me. Look at me. Oh, yeah. She she does have in the nicest possible way. She does have a bit of a diva. Yeah. A diva look, doesn't she? Because we've been trying for a dog for years now, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again for listening to this episode of the On Farm podcast. It's been great to have you with us as always. We're on Twitter if you want to get in touch. That's at on underscore farm uk also the first half of our chat with jim smith was last week so do go back and listen to that if you haven't already and thanks again for joining us